Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. I'm Jim Stengel, and this is Prosperity Through Purpose. In this series of the CMO podcast, I am going to take a critical look at a category or marketplace and highlight a brand that is winning through purpose. On this episode of Prosperity Through Purpose, the brand we will spotlight is TikTok, the social media platform that is growing at warp speed and challenging its biggest competitors like Facebook and Snapchat. They are in more than 150 countries with 100 million active users in the U.S. alone, up from 40 million in October 2019. Marketers who advertise on the platform include companies like PepsiCo, Hyundai, Procter & Gamble, Elf, and Chipotle. They are also forging deep partnership ties with sports leagues like the NFL and NBA. And that's only after three years in the market. How do they do it? Well, as you can guess, it is through purpose. And today, we'll dig into how. I welcome back my guests Samantha Havivi and Joa Santos, Samantha is Miami-based. She likes to be called Sam. And Sam has worked at P&G, Kimberly-Clark, ADT, and is now a growth consultant with the Jim Stengel Company. Sam, over to you. Are you an active TikTok user? I am an active TikTok user, and I would say that my family are super active TikTok users. So it's definitely a family thing. Favorite TikTok trend with the family? Yes. Well, there's a new trend going on that I have to say I'm a big fan of, and it's the sea shanty. Um, It's a great story going on, and I just love it. There's a Scottish postman who um, delivered his version of the Welderman, and um, it just is so catching and beautiful. And what I love about what Nathan Evans did, that was the Scottish postman, is now he's doing all these duets with famous people like Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber and Nickelback. And it's just taken on a life in my family where we are all doing the sea shanty. It's so creative. Hey, Joa, you come to us from Lisbon, Portugal. I know you've worked with Unilever and AB InBev. You're currently CMO at the Barra Company, the predictive analytics platform for brands. Full disclosure, my company is an investor in Barra. Joa, how about you and TikTok? Do you have a relationship? huge fan watch it every night before i go to bed and funny enough i mentioned to my girlfriend i'll be doing a podcast on tiktok and she's like you know i'm starting to think i like tiktok more than i like tv so you know she's more entertained on tiktok than she is watching tv series at the moment yeah so you you do it before you go to bed you do something jazzed up or relaxing or what do you what do you watch i just scroll to get my brain like i have a very active brain so to unplug Kind of like we do, like veg on the couch. I look at TikTok while I'm in bed until I'm like not thinking of what needs to get done tomorrow. and can finally have a good night's sleep. Entertainment to unplug, basically. Uh, we're talking about TikTok, obviously. And we also talked about P&G and Unilever last time we were together. Sam has P&G heritage. Joa has Unilever heritage. So I kind of want to continue that banter in the context of TikTok. Sam, anything that either one of these two companies, which, by the way, are, I think, two of the the top two advertisers in the world, anything they're doing that is interesting, quirky, something others could learn from? 
Yes. So P&G, right at the beginning of the pandemic, partnered up nicely with TikTok and particularly Charlie D'Amelio. And um, Charlie D'Amelio, huge fans in our household. We know all of her dances. And um, they did this partnership, like I said, with P&G and also one of their largest agencies, Gray, where they did the distance dance, really encouraging people to stay at home through the pandemic. And all the work, all the time was donated between Charlie, P&G, TikTok. And what's just amazing is she gave tutorials and interviews about why it was important to stay home and why you could still keep active and dance and be positive. Uh, the P&G and TikTok got tremendous results from the effort with 3.5 million unique visitors right out of the bat. Um, and people were taking that dance and applying it on an everyday life. Um, all these famous people were doing the distance dance um, and it really was for a good cause. That's kind of PNG at its best, you know? They're fast, pivoting, in touch with culture and doing something that helps the world. I mean, sure. I, I was very proud of that. Joe, how about yourself? Anything either one of those companies are doing that's interesting for you and our listeners? Yeah, I, I liked what Axe did when you never with the promposal, which are, you know, high schoolers mm. proposing for prom. Although it was a virtual prom, it had some interesting numbers. But what really gets me is, you know, Gillette also did a campaign called Ask Dad. And they were able to reach 55% of all 17 to 24-year-olds, which in today's world is impossible when people are paying for Netflix or they're paying to stop watching ads on YouTube or Spotify. So a platform where you can reach that many Gen Zers is, is amazing to me. So... Yeah, there's interesting campaigns, and I think they're just going to get better because it's an amazing platform. Well, TikTok was obviously in the news a lot this year, and we'll come back to that topic later. But I want to start, this is Prosperity Through Purpose, the miniseries, of course. And Sam, I want you to start with their purpose and ground us a bit, set the stage for our discussion. Tell us about their purpose. So TikTok is a, like you said, a newer brand. But one of the things that's so tremendous about TikTok is how purpose-driven and consumer-driven the company is. So for them, it really starts with their target, which they call creators. And those consumers across generations, across genders, across ethnicity, are all about building and shaping culture. And so when they think about that target in mind, they realize that their intersection between what they're trying to accomplish and what their target's trying to accomplish is all about inspiring creativity and bringing joy every single day. Sounds like for Joa, that's clearly happening on a daily basis. Um, And so as a result, they're making promises to connect people through creativity and joy helping explore possibilities of things that people had never thought would be possible, and in really empowering their creators on a daily basis, and um, all in the spirit of delivering their purpose. It's, pr- it's pretty incredible. I, we had Nick Tran, their global head of marketing, on the podcast just a bit ago, and I know you listened to it, Sam. Anything that he talked about that illustrates that through oh, a story sure. or through some behavior? Well, what I found really interesting about the way that uh, the podcast that Nick shared 
was about turning marketing on its head. So he talked about the traditional ways of marketing and he brought that into TikTok. And then what's interesting is he was inspired with creativity and said, you know, I need to take this traditional marketing model and figure out how our creators can inspire our marketing rather than us push out marketing. It's really how do we use them for our inspiration? And so he is doing marketing completely different, differently at TikTok, um, using the purpose and the target as a way for inspiration. So uh, I loved that perspective that he brought to the table. That's a huge lesson for our listeners. Brands that are really hot are leveraging their community, whether it's Peloton, whether it's Puma, whether it's TikTok. The magic is in the community, and we all have to think about that in whatever our business is. I always say that uh, uh, community community beats strategy for breakfast. It's a great one to live by. Hey, Joa, um, you're you're with Barra, which is the company that has this massive software platform. Looks at amounts of huge amounts of data from the consumer and other sources. You look at how brand love. You look at brand purpose. So, how is TikTok doing? on their purpose. I know you give companies scores, but what's the Barra platform telling us about TikTok and purpose? Yeah, it's extremely Gen Z or scored extremely high on purpose, which is based on, you know, 13 purpose attributes. It's beating out uh, bigger players like Twitter and, and Facebook. What's really uncommon is that 12 out of the 13, they score extremely high on. Um, that's rare because most of the time, just stronger in one uh, group of, of attributes versus another group. And they do, they do extremely well across the board. I'll give you some of the numbers here so you can hear. Cultural relevant, 100%. Societal commitment, 98. Uh, innovates with purpose, 98. Emotional connection, 100. Those are really impressive about how Gen Zs feel about TikTok. So, Joe, these 13 attributes are what you have found drive purpose, activation, scores, and financial results. I mean, this sounds like this is nearly a perfect brand. Would, would there be any brand in the world that would be higher than them? I actually didn't look, uh, but no one's ever perfect. There's always room to grow. Yeah. And it's kind of what we do here at Barra is always find where the opportunities lie. Uh, we know brands like Amazon, which is one of the brands that score the highest across the board, and at least more than likely is going to score very high on these numbers, but I didn't check yet. Yeah, yeah. And a, a score of 100 on one of the attributes, I mean, how rare is that? Extremely rare. And, and it's extremely rare to hold it for as long as they have. They bounce back and forth from 100 to 99, which is very insignificant of a change for you know the past two years. Um, that's not easy to do at all. We see a lot, We see a bit more fluctuation in the scores typically than we're seeing with TikTok. Well, what's even more interesting than these high scores is what's behind them and what they're doing to drive these. So I want to get into each of these four drivers at, briefly and, and see what they're doing that we can learn from. So I want to start with this culturally relevant, which doesn't surprise me that they have a perfect score. I can't imagine a brand in the world being more culturally relevant. They create culture. So Sam, get behind this. What's, how are they doing it? Yeah, well... They really epitomize this attribute that is measured in the Barra Purpose Score, which is all about being part 
of the cultural conversation. And as you said, Jim, Nick talked about that directly in your interview with him, which was one of his first insights or recognition was that basically TikTok is shaping the cultural conversation and they needed to harness that power and really be part of it. And so um, they, it's it's interesting, they did their first uh, campaign, creative campaign at the end of 2020, uh, call it, it was the name, it all starts here. Exactly. So TV, it's a video campaign, a TV campaign, if you will. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it launched in November, 2020. And it really talked about that culture begins on TikTok. And of course, there's the, um, you know, the great cranberry juice, um, mm -hmm. Apodaca on the back of that skateboard, um, which is very memorable. But then there is a whole other variations of the campaign showing how TikTok was the brand that shaped all of these trends on makeup and dancing and wardrobe and modern families and how it's just embedded into the um, into the application, into the software, into the, the entire experience. So that's one great example of how they're culturally relevant. Another thing that they just recently did was a recap of the year in TikTok. And they created a top 10 list. And we know at the end of the year, there's always top 10 lists. But what TikTok did that was so phenomenal was through their algorithm, they were able to do customized top 10 lists for whatever was interesting to you. So for example, Joa's top 10 list might look very different than mine. Clearly mine has a lot of um, Broadway and dancing and who knows what Joa's is going to look like. But I mean, it just felt like, wow, I'm in the middle or I am seeing all these cultural trends first time and I was part of that experience through the journey. Um, very personalized and highly culturally relevant, the driver of uh, purpose activation. That was a great, Sam. Joe, anything for, as you look at the data and, and your perspective in this company, anything to add to what Sam shared? Yeah, what's, what's funny is I, I, I'm surprised by what we find in the data all the time. And there's something that we, we kind of all heard in the past, and it's known as a truth, but I've never seen any evidence of it, which is younger generations shape culture for older generations, right? So 16 to 24-year-olds are the ones who start it, and then it decimates into the rest of, the rest of the generations. Well, it's funny because cultural relevance is at 99 all across the board for every, for every generation. It's the only brand I've ever seen that with. And you can see, as you said just in the past, TikTok creates a culture, right? Um, and you can see that because it's culturally relevant to everyone. But as we get into the data even a little bit deeper, because Bear measures other uh, metrics besides purpose that measure and prescribe how you can improve your brand positioning, such as emotion. And where you see a really strong correlation is when you look at the emotional drivers of being real and honest, as they go up, you see users go up a few weeks later, right? And then you have some brands that also caught on to that. If you look at Ben and Jerry's pulling towards the Unilever side, right? If you look at Ben and Jerry's, they communicate one way on Instagram, which is very polished, saturation pushed all the way up. And then you look at them on, on TikTok and they look like they're homemade. So they understood really clearly 
the difference in the way to communicate on both platforms. But to me, TikTok's the first social media where you can be who you are, the way you are, in your sweats, no makeup, and no judgment. And and when you look at the real and honest scores, I really think that set them apart a lot. They're so on spot here. I mean, look at Bernie Sanders' mittens, right? Could there <laughs> yeah. be anything more real? Enough? And it's just taking over the world. Mm-hmm. She's, and, she's sold and, out. You can't buy anymore. <laughs> All right. Well, we could talk. We could do a whole different podcast on Bernie's mittens, and maybe we will. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story, because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. But let's move to the second area, which is societal commitment, which, golly, you know, over the last nine months, so many brands have stepped up. And my guess is brand scores on societal commitment across many brands are trending up. So with that going on, where business and the, and business is seen by consumers as a more of a positive force for good, we've seen that data as well. So what Sam are they doing to set them apart? As I think, expectations for societal commitment are up, and so many brands are doing so many interesting things. Jim, I'm really glad that you uh, asked this question in that context because it's not the societal commitment that makes. TikTok unique. It's the way that they are using their purpose to help drive where they are committed to society. So as I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, TikTok is dedicated to these creators. And um, through this pandemic, creators have been hit one of the hardest outside of like the restaurant business, per se, the industry, um, through Broadway, through dancing, through theater. Um, it, it's And so what they did was they created this creator fund, um, encouraging the voices and creativity to spark for these, for, for careers. So it's like, well, you might have had that platform taken away from you through COVID. They gave you another form to bring that to life. What's so beautiful is they had talked about for this creator fund, giving $200 million Two creators that were coming up with very um, inspirational, joyful experiences, they've now upped that amount to $1 billion in July 2020. $1 billion with a B. And um, it's everything from the traditional creators like chefs and photographers and seamstresses for theater to the non-traditional ones like pranksters. Um, and doctors that show their day in the life of being on the COVID front lines or myth busters. And they're really fueling and growing this, uh, creator community as a way to uniquely bring, um, value to their societal commitment. And, um, one other I have to mention, and I'm sorry, I could go on forever, but I'm a huge fan of Ratatouille the musical. This story is like none other. So, um, Ratatouille is uh, a Disney movie that, um, someone came up with this great idea of what would happen if Ratatouille became a musical. Well, TikTok being very in tune with the culture 
picked up on that. And when they saw that all these people started getting behind that, they basically agreed to help this group of creators bring to life their vision. And so they actually funded and supported songs, dances, makeup looks, set designs, all by everyday people like you and me. Well, maybe not like me because I can't do any dancing or singing. But, um, and they created this musical in 60 second increments. Um, and then they had a whole unveiling and part. And what's amazing is all these celebrities also then got involved, such as Adam Lambert. He actually was part of this musical created by everyday creators and true societal commitment for these people that were out of work. It's, it's a beautiful story, true to their purpose. I mean, we talk about creativity driving business all the time, right? This company is just off the charts in creativity. So I really recommend to our listeners to listen to Nick Tran's podcast on the, the CMO podcast about what's special about that culture. There's so much to learn for all of us about how they, how they elicit such incredible, constant, you know, bar-changing, bar-raising creativity. So, Joe, are you a singer or a dancer? Are you in Ratatouille? Uh, no, I haven't tried that one, but maybe I should. I used to be a dancer when I was younger. But, uh, All right, here we I go. Think I TikTok's the place for you. I hung Ballet, out my fancy Joe. shoes. No, I was <laughs> New, New York club kid that used to be in the clubs dancing all the time. That works. Yeah. That works. Hey, Joe, anything in the data on this area of societal commitment that you would add to what Sam said? Well, it's, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before. There's no perfect rank, right? It, when you look at Gen Z, it's extremely high, 98%. But as you go generation to generation, it keeps going down until you get the baby boomers, which think it has practically zero societal commitment. Um, and that's, I think, where the challenge comes in, because as we know, these social platforms, parents eventually get on them. Some people, parents are already getting on it, and you need to figure out how this is relevant to them as well. Um, and societal commitment is something that the kids are seeing, but no one else is seeing it. And, you know, that shows an opportunity and, and a challenge at the same time. Yeah, very helpful. Okay, the third area is this area that, that we call innovates with purpose. And, you know, everyone should be innovating with purpose, but that's another discussion. Uh, I would venture to say that many people just think they're innovative because they're new. And I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. So those are big words, innovating with purpose. Sam, what what does that really mean? And what what could others learn from what they're doing? Yeah, so innovating with purpose, like you said, um, just because it's new, just because it's relevant to um, where you want to take the business, that does not mean innovating with purpose. Innovating with purpose means that you use your purpose as a filter to decide whether or not you are going to invest and support the innovation. And what's really interesting about TikTok is going back to the all the years ago, which is really like three and a half, not so long ago, but they were founded in a app that was called Musical.ly. And um, they knew that if they were targeting creators and they were all about uh, inspiring joy and creativity, that there was something about this Musical.ly and these duets that 
had something to it for their target and was true to their purpose. And so they didn't give up on duets and what was true to Musical.ly all those years back. But what they did, sort of what Joa was saying, was they really made it real and true, is that they gave people a platform to pair up um, with people that they may or may not know and be more creative. So, for example, my daughter has this one person that she sings with all the time, has a wonderful voice, um, and they partner up together and do amazing music together. Meanwhile, you could have a partner that shows up like Charlie Puth that all of a sudden will do a duet with you. So here you are thinking that you're an everyday person and then Charlie Puth shows up and duets with you. How amazing. So that's the music component. But what they've done is they've taken it to other areas, such as Gordon Ramsay now will comment on everyday chefs' cooking items. Or they will have um, like other celebrities that are commenting on fan videos. And so you never thought that they recognized you and all of a sudden, boom, there's a duet with a celebrity talking about your fan video. And so they really are staying true to what they know is driving their purpose, but continuing to innovate it in a way that makes it more relevant to their target. It's awesome. You know, Nick told me, Nick Tran told me on the podcast, they're not about the celebrities, they're about the content. So someone with hardly any followers can break through with some amazing piece of content that goes crazy viral. And it's, it's a very democratic platform, which I think is one of its special, special edges. Joe, uh, in this innovate, innovate with Purpose area, any insights from how they do uh, on, you know, on their perp from their database on, on the Purpose measure? Yeah, it's funny that you just mentioned that because what I saw is very in line with what you just mentioned about the content. So when we think about innovation, which we should be doing through a purpose lens, uh, our minds tend to go to product, right? But when you activate, you, you activate through your five Ps, product, price, promotion, people, uh, and place. When I looked at how Gen Z scored the five Ps, I see people rising. It's the fastest riser out of the competitive set. So faster than Instagram, faster than YouTube. Why is people rising so quickly? I was like, they didn't, it's not about the product, it's about who they push to the top of your screen. So it's funny that you just said that about the content, because that's exactly why people are increasing. People, uh, Gen Zers like the people they see on TikTok more than they're liking the people they see on other platforms, and that's why they're scoring high. So, you know, it's not always about innovating a new product. Sometimes it's simply, who are you associating to your product? Uh, where is it available? Things like that. So I love that he's thinking turning marketing on its head and it's obvious it's working. So let's move to the let's move to the final driver which is this emotional connection that people have with TikTok and they're really really driving that. It's really no surprise of course, but why is the interesting question and and Joe you've said several times that they're just knocking it out of the park if you will with Gen Z. So why do you think that's happening? What has your analysis shown? I really think you're knocking it out of the park. Like I said, it's it's the whole Gen Z uh, to me was the generation itself was really promising to me because they cared about the environment. They're much more in touch with reality and what's real. Whereas the generation before was more, you know, 
about showing off how much wealth you have and, and, and things of that nature. And I just think the fact that it was just so real, people in their sweats, um, it didn't feel, when you came from a huge boom in Instagram that was all about a, a manicured life that you post on Instagram, this was the opposite. And I always feel a lot of times opportunity lies at the opposite of what's going on today. And I think TikTok capitalized that. I, I, the only thing I can see in the numbers to support that is that is the real and honest numbers and their purpose numbers are through the roof with Gen Z. So they found their, their core target. And now it's time to expand on that target a bit so they can continue to grow because they have to answer for shareholders, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So Sam, you've spoken a lot about TikTok and the other three factors. Anything to add about what you think they're doing to build that strong emotional connection, especially with young people? Yeah, yeah. So the emotional connection is just part of the core to what it's about, whether you're laughing, crying, um, you know, scared, laugh. it's just, there's a lot of great emotion. And one of my favorite activations that I've seen is through partnership. And I love that this emotional connection, while it's true in its core to TikTok, they're then expanding it to their partners. And a perfect example is a recent effort they did with Cheerios. And I don't know if you remember this, this campaign in, uh, I think it was the 80s, where a grandmother was sitting with her grandchild uh, during Christmas time, and she was using Cheerios as a way to explain how far she came to be with her grandchild. And one of their users, and talk about the community and harnessing the power of the community, one of the users, or the, the creators in their community, came up, they proposed an idea to General Mills using the platform of recreating this commercial through the epidemic, through the pandemic, and um, showing how even though you can't physically be together, that the holidays are a time where everyone is together. And what's so amazing is that TikTok and General Mills and Cheerios all partnered up to bring this creator's vision to life and um, recreated the commercial. And the amount of views and publicity um, in this, as they call, second part two um, of this campaign was astronomical. And in a time where all of us marketers are having challenges on how to create uh, content, this user actually laid it out for them. Um, and so I think that's a great example of this emotional connection that is tied to the purpose and how the, you can even develop a partnership strategy uh, using your purpose and having all ships rise at the same time. That's such a good story and so good for General Mills to be in touch, to be willing to go with it. I mean, creativity now is coming from so many sources. And I think the great companies are opening their eyes and their doors and their windows to let it all in. We used to think it came from our ad agencies or our design firms. Yes, it does. But so many other sources. So good on General Mills and Brad and his team for doing that. So listen, let's summarize. TikTok is winning overall, right? But they're really winning with Gen Z. Very strong with millennials when it comes to their purpose score. What's driving it? Culturally relevant, societal commitment, innovation filtered through their purpose, and emotional connections are driving 
this nearly perfect score. So I want to go back to, you know, go off a little bit on a tangent here. I mentioned at the beginning, they've obviously been in the news a lot this year with possible acquisitions, with uh, they ran into issues in the U.S. with Trump, who was uh, thinking of banning them unless they were acquired because of security concerns. They are owned by a Chinese company, ByteDance. So any perspective, Sam, Joa, on how their purpose, which obviously they live by every day, help them navigate this situation? You know, Jim, I think that uh, this is a really important question to raise because everyone talks about the, the power of purpose and how it grows and builds business. And we know that to be true. But the flip side of the coin that we don't talk about as much as we should is how it also is a way to help brands that are going through challenges. Um, and we saw that firsthand with Chipotle when they had that challenge with the E. coli and when they went back to their purpose to solve that challenge and how consumers forgave them. It's exactly true. Consumers are more forgiving of brands that make decisions based on purpose. And um, what we're seeing with TikTok is that they are committed to be transparent um, and build that trust and maintain, maintain a relationship uh, with their creators. And so what that's doing is causing um, their users to be okay as they work their way through some of the challenges that they're going through. As a matter of fact, I have a personal story on this. Uh, when there was rumors about the software, the app being taken down, my middle daughter panicked. I mean, we for days, she was talking about how is she going to save all of her videos? How is she going to keep all of her followers? How is she going to keep in touch with all the cultural trends? And when we realized, when she realized that nothing was going to happen to her content, she was so relieved. And it just shows when you are culturally relevant and true to your purpose, people will stay loyal to your brands even if there is noise going on out there in the media and, um, and external factors. It doesn't mean you ignore them. You can't ignore them. But at the same time, you get more forgiveness than a brand that is just activating mm -hmm. to make money. Yeah. Joe, did you hear, any, hear anything about all this in Lisbon? Yeah, of course. It's, um, <laughs> you know, I, like you said earlier, culture is extremely powerful. Right, and when you have people behind you, power to the people. Um, even if they would have banned it in the U.S., to be honest, people would have used the VPN to keep going. Mm -hmm. I don't think TikTok would have been that hurt. It's what people do in other countries where you have censorship of of applications, um, because people love it, right? And it's I I would do it. I you know even when it comes to little crisis, like for example. One of my favorite trends on TikTok are dads who put up uh, videos of themselves filming their daughters in the background, and they simply write, my daughters say I'm not cool enough to do TikTok, and they go viral, right? So that's, like a, that's just a sample of a small crisis of you have parents getting onto a platform that you want to keep young, but TikTok promotes them. And even women who are over 40 who get told by 16-year-olds, you know, get off the platform, you're ugly, they promote those posts because it, the 40-year-olds are like, I don't care what you have to say, I'm a confident woman. So they promote 
uh, being confident. So all the good they do, it's going to keep attracting people, especially when you have such a strong nucleus that loves the brand. It, regardless if it's a big crisis or small crisis, it's going to thrive if people believe in it. Okay, we're getting to the very end, so I have two quick questions for both of you. Listen, no brand is perfect in the world. This one is pretty close. So any recommendations from a brand strategy perspective, Sam, a crisp one, if you were, if TikTok was in the room talking to us? Yeah, I would say stay alert and innovative and true to your purpose. Snapchat is on their heels. I know Nick had mentioned that um, he's keenly aware of what they're doing. Um, they also have followed suit on many of the things that we've mentioned here. And so being the leader, you got to stay a couple steps ahead and use your purpose to guide you on it. Joa, your advice for TikTok? What we've seen in the past, as we see real and honest numbers go up, we've seen user numbers go up. Um, how do you expand that to a new audience? And how do you build those 12 attributes of purpose that haven't grown with, with an older generation? It's focusing on that. It's, I mean, to me, it's really clear what they need to do because the data historically and currently show exactly what they need to do. And it, it lies with continuing to build that strong base with the Gen Z, with the real and honest. Start understanding how do you show an older generation that you're societally committed or that you innovate with purpose. And I don't think that's really hard to do, especially the way they've been doing it in the past. Yeah. All right. Uh, last word for our listeners. So I'm going to stay with you, Joa. One takeaway from this great discussion to apply on their business, who, anyone who's listening now, whatever their business is. I really think it's, it's, it's bigger than what TikTok is doing, right? Is for a long time, long time, we've been forced to watch commercials. People are paying to stop watching commercials. So how do you keep reaching people? TikTok shows that you can. But because people can just swipe and stop watching, it means the creativity needs to be better, right? So I think it should inspire people using data like Vera provides to understand how you matter to people so you keep watching it. Um, it's important to get started to learn how these platforms work and what type of content works because I think this is the future of, of everything. No one wants to watch an ad unless they're, unless they're allowed to skip it if they want to. People want control. And I think TikTok is a great place to really start getting innovative. Whereas, you know, Instagram was more about a small video. It, you didn't have to interact as much, right? So I really like it. This, this, this area and even gaming, right? It's two areas I'm really yeah. interested to see where creativity goes. And I think they, brands should just get started on it and try. If they fail, you know, it's okay. Just, you know, they need to get on. Yeah, beautiful. Sam, last word, advice for our listeners. Yes. So I think where you where we highlighted today, culturally relevant, societal commitment, innovation, emotional connection, those aren't new concepts. So everyone's going to say, yeah, of course I knew this. I, I think the real um, takeaway from this podcast should be the filter of purpose through all of those components. So it's not just about being innovative. It's not just about being culturally irrelevant. It's doing it in a way that intersects with your purpose and your target. And um, that's the magic that um, 
builds brands and builds businesses and what we're all striving for. We've all been there. You spend millions of dollars each year driving traffic to your company's website, and then the results come in and they're just not what you hoped. On top of that, 81% of marketing leaders say website ownership is a challenge. So what do you do? Well, you switch to Webflow. Let me tell you why. Webflow's visual-first platform empowers your team to own your company's most valuable dynamic marketing asset, your website. From launching a new site to optimizing for SEO and conversions, Webflow gives you the tools you need to drive business growth fast. Unlock your website's full potential when you build, manage, and host with Webflow. Get started today at webflow.com. Joa from Lisbon, Sam from Miami, such a good conversation so rich with information and inspiration. Uh, so thank you for going deep on this most important brand today and sharing your insights with our audience. It's always fun, Jim. Love it. Thanks, Jim. That was my conversation with Samantha and Joa. Three takeaways to apply to your business. First one, it's a simple one. Get involved. Get on the platform. Try TikTok. See what's going on. And then try and experiment within your company if you're not already doing it. Second one, be inspired by your community. Be inspired by all sorts of creative people. Open your doors, open your windows, let the creativity come in. Every brand has some sort of community. Bring the ideas in. Third takeaway, Joe had talked about this, the power of being honest and real. Young people are expecting it. TikTok's great at this. One reason TikTok is surging, just be yourself. It's the best way to build a brand. That is going to do it for this episode. To learn more about Barra Group, visit their website, barra.ai. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, and please tell a friend. Prosperity Through Purpose and the CMO Podcast are a Gallery Media Group original production.